0: video. It's the only way to get what you want to watch. What Hello, to my name's Justin watch. McClure, and I'm here today with Mark Hansen. and you're listening to the Bay Street Video Podcast. We go through all of the new Blu-rays and DVDs, and man, it's September, so that means it's all horror films, right, Mark? Nothing but horror films. <laughs> yeah,
1: definitely. You know, September is October, basically. So I don't know. Just...
0: I'm looking at this list here. It looks like there's some non-horror titles.
1: <laughs> okay, all right. It's a bit of it's a bit of a light week, but you know, there's some there's some big cult horror titles here.
0: Yeah, because we have Living Dead. At Manchester Morgue is finally being really, wait a minute, this has been released on Blu-ray from Blue Underground, and it's still in print?
1: <laughs> yes, this is still around. So, I mean, this was already on Blu-ray, obviously, from Blue Underground, but, you know, Blue Underground releases their films, like, five or six times on Blu-ray, mm-hmm. so, I mean, that's just Do you just think the they'll release
0: a uh, dueling, like, remaster, a 4K version? Yeah, I wonder... I would not be surprised if they did. The Blue Underground version of uh, "Let Sleeping Corpse Fly," aka the Living Dead of Manchester Morgue, has different special features than the Synapse version.
1: I don't know. I don't know what they're gonna do. Oh yeah, this is Synapse, right? I keep I keep thinking this is a Blue Underground release, and then I keep forgetting like, no, this is actually Synapse. So I don't know where the rights lie with this film necessarily. But I think you're right. I think we're gonna see like a, either a limited edition Blu-ray or a, U- a UHD from Blue Underground at some point. But this edition is really nice. Really pricey, but really nice. Um, and it's also a steel book.
0: Like deluxe laser disc uh, pricey. I have to say, it's a pretty nice steel book. It's not like um, the image is not like scratchable off of it it's like a plastic coating on it instead of the usual like oh i breezed on it and it like scratched the image on the steelbook
1: (laughs) okay so i don't know if they
0: use like a different technique because i know that the steelbook is i think it's like patented to just one company only one company makes steelbooks so i don't know if they
1: switch the way they do it or what (laughs) or there's like a new steelbook company in the game trying to like get out there (laughs) oh that'd
0: be great I mean, for people that don't know, Living Dead at Manchester Morgue is one of those seminal zombie films. Uh, it was made in the 70s, it was trying to rip off Night of the Living Dead, but it's like gory and splattery, even before Lucio Fulci kind of set his imprint on it the uh, novelty of it is that it's set in england everybody has english accents but it was directed by a spanish director who there's a feature-length documentary about him on this disc he's not super well known and yeah it's actually a really fun movie i watched it for the first time off of this blu-ray in i don't know maybe 15 years yeah I,
1: i gotta watch this i've never seen this and i've always heard it's fantastic people have been buying this in droves and it everybody seems to agree that this is like kind of one of the most underrated zombie movie classics out there. So yeah, this is on the to watch list for sure.
0: What Maverick will create a hard box company in North America? Cause Ooh. that's what the collectors want. If you've ever seen yeah. those German hard boxes, and, like, are they falling off trees? Because, like, all the Kung Fu films that I got are all different hard box sizes. It's so much nicer. And it's also a throwback to, like, what collectors want, which is the VHS look and, like, the feel of a VHS. So I don't understand why no company has tried to do that
1: yet. Yeah, I really like that. I honestly kind of like the hard box uh, stuff. Not, not a fan of steel books. Don't care about slip covers, But the hard box... I don't know. There's something about that that really Like, feels I to have me.
0: one. It's like big. It's VHS so- size. And it has like the VHS kind of like suction to it as well when you close it. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Love it. Why is no company trying to get into that? Because I feel like that would be a big collector's item. Like I said, in Germany, oh, the yeah. crappiest release has a hard box. So I don't understand how they can do it. And no one in North America can. So moving on, we have The Strange Vice of Mrs. Ward. It's another Sergio Martino uh, Giallo. This one released by Severin.
1: Yeah. Uh, So yeah, we've got a batch of Severin titles here that are unfortunately not the Severins that everybody wants right now from August. But (laughs) they will come. They will come. Uh, These are kind of a late arrival from stuff that was out in June, July. Um, This film was always popular in the past when it was on DVD from, I believe, Shriek Show, I think, or Media Blasters or something like that. Um, Not to
0: be confused with the other Martino Westerns, Westerns, Giallos. (laughs) Uh, He also made Westerns. He made The Man Called Blade, All the Colors of the Dark. Uh, Curse of the Scorpion's Tail and Your Vice is a Locked Room and Only I Had the Key, which were released by Arrow Video.
1: Yes. Um, and he's always, so yeah, he's always been popular. He definitely has a following. Um, this one, I don't know much about this one. Have you seen this one? A
0: long time ago. Uh, after saying all those titles, they all mix up in my mind a little bit. Yeah, I know. This is the one that doesn't have Satanists in it because that's all the colors of the dark. Right.
1: Yeah. Which might be his most famous one? I don't know. I feel I mean, like it that has one the does best the title. best for us. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I'm surprised that Arrow didn't get their uh, pause on this, but I guess Seven beat him to the punch, and I stole it from under Media Blasters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Media Blasters, who is? Oh man, who is they are still like, around. <laughs> they and they're releasing so many like new Blu-rays of just old yeah, releases. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I know. Oh. they've got some stuff coming up that's like I don't know if anybody's gonna want this. <laughs> Rubbing
0: my hands together for a new Blu-ray of. I uh, guess Shadow uh, Death Riot. <laughs> yeah, right. I can't believe they don't own the rights to Xerum. So they called Zerum 2. <laughs>
1: like, uh
0: moving on, we have Satan Slave, the 1982 Indonesian film being released by Severn. And did you watch this one, Mark? You said you were gonna watch I it. I did, I
1: did. I watched this, and you know what? I quite liked this film. I So did I. I thought it was gonna be way cheesier, way lamer, but like fun in like a bad movie way. But honestly, like, yeah, there's You know, there's some, like, makeup effects and and moments that are kind of hammy, but, like, I thought this had a really great vibe to it. It was really, like, professionally done, and it actually creeped me out on numerous occasions with, like, the ghosts in the windows and everything. And uh, I don't know. I was really surprised by how much I liked this.
0: It's been compared to, like, Indonesia's uh, Phantasm because it does kind of have that vibe, and it is about, like, a teenage boy and his older sister having to deal um, with – the deaths of their mother, which is kind of an element of phantasm as well, because the young kid is dealing with the deaths of his parents. And what's great about it is that it's also from the perspective of the Muslim religion. While it is called Satan's
1: Slave, it doesn't deal with, um, you know, Catholic uh, imagery at all, which I find really refreshing. Me too, me too. It was nice to see from a more like Islamic point of view, I guess. Mm-hmm. And while it does have an ending where, like, you look at the
0: running time, you're like, they're going to wrap it up this fast. And then you see it, you're like, oh, okay, I guess (laughs) that's what's going to happen. You're right. It is creepy. It's very like if John Carpenter really loved a zoom lens because it has this kind of like big widescreen style, but lots of zooming in as well. Oh, yeah. (laughs) To,
1: um underline a dramatic point i thought it had great style and um i'm just surprised i I mean i don't know anything about this director i don't know a ton about indonesian earlier indonesian genre cinema so i'm not sure if he was a big deal in indonesia oh he
0: was he was very prolific he made uh the warrior the Barry prima kind of like martial arts film that uh, Mondo Macabro put out on DVD years and years ago. And he did like a whole bunch of those films. He made a lot of films with a scream queen called Susanna. And almost none of those pictures have been translated to uh, English or no one has released them in English. But I think that uh, Severin's going to be doing a lot more of these because they already announced that Primitives, a cannibal film from this director, is going to be released soon. So I feel like uh, Indonesian cinema is going to get, you know, I mean, Mondo Macabre kinda did it, but
1: another player's in the game now. Oh yeah, no, it's nice to kind of like mine this, um mine this, you know forgotten sort of history of genre cinema. I, yeah, I love to see it. And yeah, very pleasantly surprised. By and
0: this. we have two Mondo movies. Speaking of Mondos, and I don't like these kind of films. It's Mondo, Bellardo and the
1: Wild, Wild World of Jane Mansfield. Yeah, people, people love Jane Mansfield around <laughs> right here. I mean, I guess. I think this was like a <laughs> Something Weird disc maybe at one point or something and sold. That sounds yeah, right. sold well for us. Yeah, I don't know. These are kind of lesser Severin releases. I feel like they just kind of put him out to fulfill a contract or something. Mondo
0: Bilardo is uh, not very well regarded, but it has the novelty of being narrated by Boris Karloff.
1: Yeah, and they put him front and center on the cover. So I <laughs> feel like they're just banking on that to get uh, sales. <laughs>
0: We also have Unearthed, oh man, speaking of Forgotten um, DVD and Blu-ray labels, uh, are putting out Live Feed. Uh, We talked a lot about Ryan Nicholson on a previous episode when Gutterballs came out.
1: Unearthed is really just mining the Ryan Nicholson uh, thing right now because they did that and now Live Feed. I think they've done one more though too, or they're doing one more. Oh, they do. Hanger maybe. is one of his as well. Yeah, or maybe I'm blanking, but yeah, they're definitely into Ryan Nichols. I and mean, live feed, you know, was just kind of out from like Warner Brothers, I think, or whatever back in the day, but yeah. never really had. I
0: didn't rip off Hostel. Hostel was in production while we were making right. it, and I just hear that and go,
1: I don't want to see either movie. Yeah, I hated Hostel, <laughs> but uh
0: this is one I actually owned on DVD because I picked it up from Roger's Video. I didn't like it very much. Like I said in the last time. Ryan Nicholson is a guy that, like, I appreciate his passion. He's a special effects guy. He loves practical effects. Uh, The movie's Not for me. Yeah. Too
1: mean. Yeah, it never really appealed to me. Yeah, yeah, I always remember seeing this on the shelf when I worked at Rogers 2, and I I would usually take home, like, every horror movie, but this one just never really, you know. It was the whole torture porn thing. Just never did it for me.
0: We also have uh, a bunch of Vinegar Syndrome releases, including Larry
1: Cohen's Perfect Strangers. Yeah, long out of print, and now it's here on Blu-ray.
0: Because for people that don't know, Vinegar Syndrome got access to some of the MGM titles. So Perfect Strangers is an MGM. uh, catalog title, and it looks great. It's a super fun movie. It's a Larry Cohen one I had never seen before. Uh, He actually shot two thrillers back-to-back. This one and special effects... Uh, And on this one, he used a lot of like New York underground actors. So it stars the um, actor who led Liquid Sky, Uh, that like crazy drug movie.
1: Yeah, big. And it has the
0: guy um, who starred in Scanners. I don't remember what his name is.
1: Yeah, nobody remembers what his name is. I can always I picture his face. I just don't. Canada's own old wooden wooden head. Yeah. Sorry, guy. (laughs) Guy incognito.
0: And we also have The Eleventh Commandment, which is... Is it an American film? Yeah, it looks yeah, like it is. I think is. so. Uh, this one's not very well regarded. <laughs> Looking up some reviews, people are like, not good, not good. Yeah. <laughs> there are a lot of movies called The Eleventh Commandment out there. And this is probably not the one you're thinking of.
1: <laughs> yeah, probably not. It's definitely not the Ten Commandments, that's for sure. <laughs> and
0: we also have some pornography uh, with the naughty Victorians. As always. I love when Vinegar Syndrome announced that they were going to stop doing pornography, and then they didn't. <laughs> it on you vinegar yeah, syndrome it's like
1: they it's like they have to put out one porn title a month you know
0: mm-hmm. hey you give it special features maybe i'll be there who knows i mean it's
1: a nice blu-ray dvd combo there must be something and on there we
0: also have <laughs> limbo which is an agfa title but have you noticed that like vinegar syndrome is starting to become a kino that like they are now yeah. the parent company of a whole bunch of labels and i think agfa is now theirs
1: yeah it's interesting yeah you say that because Agfa used to be more independent I believe because we used to get them from a different supplier they were drafted for the last. Yeah, and now for the last couple months with uh, their last few releases, we actually get them now from our Vinegar Syndrome supplier, which we never used to. So you're right. Yeah, I guess Vinegar Syndrome has just taken over Agatha Because the title that's going to come to Bay Street Video later,
0: uh, Alphabet City, is released under the Fun City yeah. label. And I don't think Vinegar Syndrome is anywhere on the packaging, even though it's their design nope. and it's obviously done in-house. Yeah. But it's like a Kino Kind of thing. It's like someone who works for Kino started this label, so good for Vinegar Syndrome. They will be the Disney of the genre um, (laughs) cinema scene. So uh, Limbo is great because it's something that Agfa hasn't really touched that much of. I feel, which is kind of like Bleeding Skull territory, because this is actually a Bleeding Skull release, which is
1: late '90s shot on video stuff. Mm -hmm. And what's that? Is it this week's Blind (gasps) Buy? Blind Buy. Yes, yes, it, it is. is, Mark. <laughs> I, I knew these.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I hit a switch and suddenly Mark is like, I remember I watching Lego. <laughs> I, I
1: watched this film. Yeah, no, this film was a lot of fun. Um, so this movie
0: is directed by Tina Krause, who is most famous as, I want to call her like a Z-list actor, only because that she appears in like the lowest of the low budget stuff. She appeared in a lot of like softcore Misty Monday films. That's a right, name. Yeah. That's a name I haven't heard for a long time. Oh yeah. <laughs> like a spider babe. And if you look at her credits, she has like 150 credits as well. And she also did a lot of Wave films. What What's Wave, Mark? Because I know you went down that yeah. rabbit hole
1: recently. So we, yeah, this was a rabbit hole I went down after watching this. So I, I didn't really know about this, but um, I kind of found out about this because there's a great uh, Q&A on uh, the Limbo disc from, I guess, when they premiered it at, again, restored at South by Southwest. Or no, I had Fantastic Fest last year and the programmer uh, talked about Wave and everything and went into that. So Wave basically is a production company that's been around since the 80s, and I guess their novelty thing was that anybody could write in and write a script, basically, for something that you wanted to see, namely like a genre kind of thing. You say
0: genre, but what you really mean is fetish videos.
1: (laughs) Well, that's the thing. I think it's like, you go on their website and they make it seem like it's all about creating movies that are like monster movies from the past and all that. But really when you look at like the titles and everything, it's just like – looks like porn. It's all like fetish videos basically. So dudes just b- – dudes basically write in and they're like, I want this. And he ha- – it seems like the guy who does them, uh, Gary Witten or something. I'm blanking on his last name. Yeah, something like that. Whitstone or something. He – has uh, like a roster of actresses tina kraus being one of them who largely get naked in these films they're not hardcore pornography or anything but it is a lot of like fetish type stuff and there is this disclaimer being like you can request nudity in your scripts but it's totally up to the performers if they want to do that or whatever i'm not That's fine that's fine i just want somebody in a diaper that's all i need diaper falling in quicksand and this production company has made tons and tons of films both short and feature length films that are all available for the most part to either stream or they even have some DVDs I think you can buy directly from um and they're still open for business today like he's still making movies That's wild. yeah you can still send in script ideas you can still audition you can be become a part of the troupe if you want it's hilarious if you go on the website there's like a Join the crew or whatever, and there's this whole way you can like audition. And it even so you're supposed to contact this number or and then record yourself. He's got like a sample script thing that you're supposed to record yourself doing and then send it in. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, it's great. They on this limbo disc, they've actually included a wave film that Tina Krauss starred in a, a half hour. Uh, a half-hour film called "Eaten Alive, which is basically just um, about a bunch of women in an office building who (laughs) start, like, there's this device that this guy's created to shrink them all down to size and then eat them. Of course, they're all, like, naked throughout this, too. But the eating, it's not, like, gross eating. It's not, like, some gross-out thing. They've got these amazing video effects. This was done around the same time as Limbo, so the late 90s, where, like, you'll basically have the the naked actress superimposed onto somebody's mouth as they like (laughs) go down into their mouth and they're like cut off on the screen (laughs) it's a really bizarre like very 90s video effect but honestly it was kind of hypnotic to watch um so it was a lot of fun i feel like they've cherry-picked one of the better wave productions to put on there because i can't imagine they'd all be as entertaining as this this one was
0: i was gonna say hypnotic mark or erotic
1: <laughs> and erotic actually it's funny because it was strangely for the amount of nudities that's in it which i would say out of the half hour running time is like you know 20 minutes it's strangely not erotic at all because it's so like matter i of mean
0: fact, once somebody is like naked for that long, it's like oh okay it just becomes casual right? right and
1: it's so like tongue-in-cheek and done in such like a stagey kind of way that it's just like it's just fun to watch but getting back to limbo this is a much more which
0: is not like that not at all. like that at all
1: this was <laughs> tina cross's first and only really uh, film that she wrote and directed after starring in all these Wave movies and this is a really fascinating departure from what she was doing in So
0: Wave. I listened to the commentary track on this Blu-ray which is amazing Tina Kraus made this film while she was like living out of a like abandoned warehouse just kind of like uh, crashing there and so most of the movie takes place there in like this weird warehouse setting and she said she had accidentally taken drugs at some point and had these crazy dreams that she always had These vivid dreams, and it was just her recreation of those dreams, which essentially is just like a bunch of people trapped in limbo between like heaven and hell, where anything can happen, and there's not even close to a narrative thread inside of the movie. Anytime you think you have one, it just slips away from your fingers. It's an experimental film.
1: Yeah, it's very much a video art experiment that you would honestly like wouldn't be surprised to see it like an art gallery or something as like a video art display. And yeah, like I I honestly had no idea what was happening in this movie half the time. But I I also couldn't take my eyes off of it. Uh, I mean, it's really short. It's only like 55 minutes or so. But uh, yeah, in terms of actually something that is hypnotic, this movie is hypnotically weird. And... It really gets you on its way. If you're willing to go with it on its wavelength, I think you'll get a lot out of it, despite how like low the production values are. And I mean, Tina
0: Krause freely admits that like she is just channeling her own perspective through the kind of style of David Lynch and Nine Inch Nails music videos.
1: So. Oh, totally. Yeah, they reference that on the back cover. It's like if David Lynch and Nine Inch Nails like hooked up and like it's exactly what you would imagine that would be. But it's also a little more interesting than you would you would think that might be, too. Um, and I feel like there's a lot going on that rewards uh, further viewings of it.
0: Like, listening to it, this took her, like, two years to shoot and edit. She lost two of her main actors while it was happening. They had to edit it, like, secretly in the back of a party city that, like, a friend had because they had nowhere else to do it. So, like... There's so many great stories on the audio commentary track. And she is so bashful because she made this movie. I think it was released directly by a company, like very small, but that was it. She didn't, it never screened anywhere or anything like that. And thanks to going through Bleeding Skull, it like played at a university. It played a fantastic fest, which kind of like, it blows her mind. Even though if you look at her uh, IMDb, she's been in like 150 things, just nothing that, you know, has gotten out there.
1: Yeah. And it was really interesting. It was really awesome to watch the Q&A there. Like I said, there's like a half hour Q&A from that thing fantastic fest screening and she is just like so immediately likable so like amazed that people are discovering this film now that it's playing and she's and she also is like super pro-feminist about her approach to this and about horror and how she was just sick of even though you know you you know she would get the reputation that like oh you're just like naked in a lot of these wave movies and like you're the scream queen so whatever she was really like sick of just seeing horror turn into like porn basically and just be about like dismemberment of women and nudity and just have all these like pornographic tendencies that she wanted to do something like that totally rebels against that and you can totally see that in this film
0: so buy it Uh, is it a good, is it a blind buy? Yes. Yes, it is. Very heartily. (laughs) Yeah.
1: And honestly, even just for the package alone, like Agfa and vinegar syndrome, I guess, uh, have done an amazing job with this in terms of providing context. Like, yeah, it's only a 55 minute film. But the amount of stuff they have on there from the Wave film they have on there, from the Q&As, the commentaries and everything, it's fantastic.
0: So I hope they do a lot more of these, uh, like Bleeding Skull has gotten into the uh, AGFA um,
1: halls, because
0: Bleeding Skull was doing their own thing off to the side for a while. But now hopefully they're, you know, together.
1: Well, they did. Yeah. The McPherson tape, too. I think that was maybe one of the first ones they teamed up with, which was another, you know, that kind of obscure SOV type thing. Because so, Vinegar yeah, Syndrome uh,
0: for has said, like, we don't do stuff that's not uh, shot on film. But there's so much stuff that, like, deserves to go out there, and like context added to it. So, Agfa, get in there with Vinegar Syndrome's resources
1: that's the thing video is an important part of film history now you know people don't want to accept it but sov is like is big it's here it's a major massive part of film history i look forward
0: to the re-release of boarding house i know oh, which i already have that. on dvd A <laughs> uh, classic wise Oof, boy what a pile of stinkers oof, this week
1: yeah sorry <laughs>
0: not 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 that the movies are bad just it's like what are we gonna say about beetlejuice on 4k <laughs>
1: I know, I know. Yeah, there's no keynote titles in sight here, you know? (laughs) You a big Beetlejuice fan, Mark? I am. Yeah, Beetlejuice is great. Yeah, that's it. I don't know. That's that's all. I I mean, yeah. The Goonies?
0: (laughs) Uh, I'm not much of a fan. Didn't see it when I was a kid. Saw it as an adult.
1: Eh. Yeah, I am in the exact same way. I never saw it when I was a kid. I finally watched it when I was like in my early 20s because all of my friends would be like, "You you haven't seen The Goonies? Watched it didn't do anything for me
0: <laughs> now but we are huge fans of Sherlock Holmes
1: and Sherlock Holmes a
0: game of Shadows the Robert downey Jr films
1: uh, yeah I I never saw these but I also don't like Guy Ritchie at all so uh you used to love Guy Ritchie Mark you used to love him. I love revolver oh God you contrarian <laughs> I know revolvers the only guy Ritchie film I will stand <laughs> oh
0: wow somehow a Warner Archive film slipped its way into this uh, <laughs> yeah. classic section we have without love a early Spencer Tracy, Catherine Hepburn comedy.
1: Don't know much about this one. Yeah,
0: this one, um, Spencer Tracy, he's like a scientist that moves into a basement and Catherine Hepburn is there and, is that what it yeah, is? Yeah, they oh, get okay. together and have laughs. The end. Yeah, <laughs> uh, the end. Sounds pleasant. Let's get back to more R-Speed. <laughs> left behind trilogy the 20th anniversary (laughs) edition
1: hey hey, didn't we talk about that you were a non um religious film store at one point yeah but you know when when the religious stuff crosses over into like cult parody a little bit then i'm all for it you know i mean the left behind trilogy i would say is probably one of the Biggest Christian film franchises, right?
0: I remember my dad renting it and going, ooh, this seems to have a good premise, not knowing it was like a Christian movie and he gave <laughs> yeah. up like
1: 30 minutes in. Oh, it's terrible. I mean, I've only, I've seen the first Left Behind. I haven't seen the two sequels. Does this trilogy include the one with Mr. T? <laughs> I didn't even know Mr. T was in these. Is he really? <laughs> yeah, I, He's in a spinoff or one of those, yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. I mean, it contains the first three. I, I don't know. Were there more of these movies? I'm not sure. <laughs> I, I remember know. there being three. Yeah, but I know – I think Louis Gossett Jr. is in the second or third one or – That sounds about right. Yeah. I mean, I've only seen the first one and honestly, I thought it was hilarious when I saw it years ago. Um, it's, honest, it's way funnier than even like the Nick Cage version that came out, which is just boring. Mm-hmm. But it also, you know, stars Kirk Cameron who is a terrible, awful person. So, I mean – Take that for what you will. This trilogy, this collection is hilarious though, because it's not Blu ray or anything. It's just DVD, but they are really bigging this up as like this new restoration. They even have a thing on this cover saying it's like been scanned from the 35 millimeter interpositive and everything. I'm like, (laughs) I don't think fans of Left Behind care that much about this. And also, it's. Oh,
0: you got the interpositive? What about the negative?
1: And it's also just a DVD. It's not even a Blu ray. So, (laughs) what's all the hype on this?
0: They can't make Blu-rays because their intended audiences probably don't own them. Yeah.
1: But you know what? It's like, we've always, we have the Left Behind movies like as rental. Like it's always been kind of a thing. So why not? When are you going to get the Gods Not Dead trilogy? You know, that's one we never carried and that's, I've never gone back to We never really get asked that much about that one. And for some reason. I hear reason that, it's
0: very funny though. And like Kevin Sorbo oh is very yeah, funny. I've seen it.
1: the first one. I haven't seen the sequels. Yeah. But the is first one is that the one, one where he gets hilarious. crushed by a Christmas tree? Uh, no, he gets hit by a car though at the end. Which is, he has a hilarious <laughs> okay. death scene at the end. Because he's like. Oh yeah, because he doesn't believe in well, God. The, and then he's yeah, punished. Yeah, he's the philosophy professor that's like punishing his student for believing in God. Because he's like super atheist even though, you know, Kevin Sorbo is a crazy Christian freak. And then his punishment is the at the end is to get hit by a car and die this horrible death. But then in his last moments, he he accepts God and believes. It's hilarious. Um, but yeah, the God's Not Dead movies feel a little more vile to me than the Left <laughs> Behind movies, content-wise. But I don't know. I mean, there's definitely... I can't say I don't enjoy these films for as as wrong as they are. Like, obviously, like, if you're somebody who genuinely enjoys these because you like the messages they impart, then I would, you know, have questions for you. But, I mean, I don't know. If you're in in the market for some So Bad They're Funny Movies, like – these are kind of kind of hilarious. So,
0: moving on to new stuff. Speaking of so bad they're funny, it's Jon Stewart's uh, next directorial film, Irresistible, <laughs> which, whoa,
1: it fell through a time portal from 2007. Oh, Jesus, yeah. Who keeps letting John Stewart make movies? God. <laughs> <laughs> what else does he have to do? I don't know, yeah. It doesn't seem like any... I remember he made that movie Rosewater, which, like, nobody seemed to like, and now he's made this, which just, like, came and went really fast. Well, I
0: hear, like, the whole premise is that, like... Steve Carell goes to a small town to like run an everyman played by
1: Chris um what's his you know old Chris guy old Chris guy yeah I only know <laughs> yeah. Steve Carell and Rose Burner in this who else he was know. in Silver
0: City the John Sayles oh, movie uh chris cooper it's chris cooper chris That's cooper it is, there you right? go yes uh as like the new mayor congressman i don't know and he, yeah, he and rose byrne like get into like um you know uh petty rivalries because she's conservative and he's a democrat yeah, yeah. all right no sure. thanks <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think I'm okay.
0: (laughs) Jon Stewart looking down from his
1: ivory tower going, aren't both sides equally bad? You know, yeah. I used to really like Jon Stewart back in the day, but I don't know. I just... Can't work myself up Look to care this about clip. Him anymore. Look at this clip. Isn't it crazy? Right. Like I just feel like he's kind of irrelevant nowadays. You know.
0: So we also have yes, God, yes. Uh, a, a film released by Lionsgate. Uh, Alice, a young innocent Catholic girl, is tempted into masturbating after an AOL chat suddenly turns sexual. However, she is conflicted as the act could be considered a sin.
1: Yeah, this is actually supposed to be really good. It's from the um, screenwriter of Obvious Child, which was a film I really liked. Oh, loved yeah, Obvious Child. So it's her directorial. Debut, Karen Maine and uh, stars Natalie Natalia Dyer, who I guess is on Stranger Things. I don't know, I don't watch Stranger oh, Things. Oh, yeah, but. she is. Yeah, she's one of the main characters. And yeah, it's uh, supposed to be really funny and really refreshing, just like another, like a coming of age movie, like a raunchy oh, kind no, of Mark like teen those. sex comedy. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, right? You know, a movie like, say, The To-Do List, which I feel like was supremely underrated when that came out, the Aubrey Plaza film, like, is a movie I can get behind because it's more of, like, a raunchy teen sex comedy thing done for, like, a new generation. So, I don't know. I guess so I'm you're like, that vibe. I-,
0: I like my coming of age to be more, like, co- comedic and sexy, like kids. <laughs> yeah, Larry Clark's exactly, kids. <laughs> you know?
1: Kids is a good time for everybody. Speaking of stuff
0: that's great. Infamous, another movie called Infamous. We need to have like a bell we can ring where it's like a title that's been used like more than 20 times. (laughs) This is perfectly timed because it stars Bella Thorne, who's been in the news recently.
1: Everybody's favorite (laughs) OnlyFans. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Yeah. What's the deal with Bella Thorne, you know? I don't.
0: Know, I was looking at what she acted in. Was she in like a Twilight, in Twilight movie Twilight or movies? something? Yeah,
1: I think she was in the Twilight movies. uh That's really all I ever knew her from. Um, but yeah, apparently, she caused a furor because she went on OnlyFans, which is, if people don't know, a subscriber site where you can, you know, subscribe to like personal social media content from your favorite stars or mostly porn stars. No, you, yeah. you want naked pictures. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah mostly that's what you want. Stars, but it can be, they advertise it as for anybody. And Bella Thorne is on there now. Apparently she's really into porn now. She made some porn film that was like on Pornhub or something. And now she's like siphoning off people's OnlyFans. I don't know. People are really mad at her about this whole OnlyFans thing. And then she said she was making a documentary about this with the uh – guy who made the florida project sean baker and he was all like uh no 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 that's not happening we had like a vague conversation oh i
0: didn't hear the end of that story is that what actually happened oh so so good
1: no 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 no, we had some vague conversation about working together on future projects but no no like i'm not signed up for doing this at all so he just like refuted that totally I don't know so this movie well and then that brings us to Infamous which is sort of some like Bonnie and Clyde from the for the social media generation I guess is what they're kind of billing it as. I saw
0: one review describe it as like spring breakers if there was no satire and it was just about how cool it looked.
1: (laughs) Great yeah so I guess her and this other guy who I don't know are on some cross country robbing murder spree or something I don't know we all saw natural born killers right? Finally
0: (laughs) our generation gets our actually the generation after us gets their natural war killers. We also have another J-Kid Shout anime title. It's Children of the Sea. So many water based anime titles lately.
1: There really is. Yeah. Uh, People seem to really like this though. We've been selling a lot of copies of this. Um, There you go. Not quite sure what it is though. You know? Yeah. I (laughs)
0: read the synopsis and I went hmm still don't really know what it's about. Fishmen of some kind.
1: Yeah. It's got great reviews. We get so many of these in now. They all just kind of blur together. But I know they're all supposed to be really good i don't know the director though usually the director is somebody who's done some other films but he seems to have mostly done uh like tv anime we stuff also
0: have so. a thriller from 2018 uh-oh it's called Cutoff. off And it's a thriller set in the world of forensic pathology Ooh, Ooh, about a guy who finds a capsule in the head of a heavily mutilated corpse containing a phone number and a single word, the name of his daughter. How does he know it's his daughter? Maybe it's somebody else's name.
1: (laughs) I don't know. Stars Moritz Blibtrue. I'm going to mangle that name. Blibtrue? Bleibtru? It sounds like we're making fun of these people, but we're not. the guy from Run, Lola, Run, probably most famous for. And, like, he's a huge German star, basically. (laughs) Is he? Uh, But, yeah, I don't know. This looks like some kind of, like, generic Euro thriller. But have Um, you seen
0: the documentary Active Measures about the Russian president Vladimir Putin's attack on the 2016 American presidential election in collaboration with the Trump campaign?
1: I haven't seen this, but I actually do want to see this. It looks fascinating. Um, I've heard some really good things about this. And I just, like... I, my, my partner is like really big into like the whole Russia, um, Basically, like what's going on with Russia and the U.S. So she is like, I
0: was hoping you were gonna be like QAnon. She's really into yeah, that. I know, right? The... Yeah, right.
1: But no. Uh, so I know she she actually brought my attention to this in the first place. Um. And yeah, it looks really fascinating. Been playing a lot of uh, festivals and stuff like these documentaries. You gotta get this, Mark. You do. gotta get this and Loose Change. Uh, exactly, and All these documentaries, right? Pandemic. You know what? I actually have a burn DVD of Loose Change somewhere because I used to. Wow. Way, I know way back when I I worked at King. Grounds- for like a summer in high school back in like 2005 or so i guess when it was like first coming out and this guy i worked with who was just this like um hillbilly dude from like barry or something like really obnoxious guy he would not stop talking about it and i was like all right man cool cool and then one day he brought me in he burned a copy of it for me and brought me in it and he had written a like he wrote like in sharpie on the disc like nine eleven, and drew like a twin tower thing on it and everything I'm like wow I gotta hold And
0: underneath it. he's like jet fuels can't melt
1: steel yeah, beams. Yeah I know right? <laughs> so I'm like I gotta hold on to this for posterity's sake but I've never watched. Uh, not
0: it. like Active Measures just in case anybody was wanting to go look into no, it.
1: No Active Measures is actually a legit supposed to be a legit good documentary so check it out. Uh, I could spoil it for you Russia did medal in <laughs> 2016 They <America>. did <laughs> yeah if anybody still is questioning that get your head out of your ass people so we also have
0: city (laughs) of the sun a documentary which is about the uh western georgia where they used to mine vital metals but now it's a ghost town it's about like a little city where there used to be mining going on
1: and now everyone's miserable yeah this looks fascinating i know it looks it sounds depressing looks fascinating though apparently it's really like impressionistic and you know and that kind of thing but i mean i feel like you got to be in a certain mood for it (laughs) <laughs> mood, yeah, yeah. Very, you know, a happy mood, a mood, right? Yeah, yeah, the happiest mood you can so that it'll, you know, take you We also
0: have that. Santiago, Italia. After the coup d'etat of the democratic government of Alan, the embassy of Italy and Santiago played a major role in helping the oppose of the regime and extradited many of them to Italy.
1: Yeah, thrilling. Well, this is the new Nanny Moretti joins who is very big. Oh, man, he is a huge Italian filmmaker that, uh, you know people of a certain age really like him to say boomers probably <laughs> he was really big in like the 90s and 2000s he made films like uh caro diario which is actually coming out soon from film movement finally but he also made like
0: right. he was wasn't he like uh the woody allen of yeah yeah, yeah yeah
1: he's like that more recently he made like mia madre a few years ago which was big and like the Sun's room is a big film he did so he's really big uh especially in italy um I don't think he's done many documentaries, so this is, I think, kind of a first for him. We
0: also have Satan's Slaves. What? (laughs) What? Didn't we just talk about this? Uh, This one has Slaves plural, doesn't it? While the other one is Satan's Slave. This is the remake from 2017 that was directed by Joko Anwar.
1: I've seen this, actually. So I saw this first before the original. Um, Honestly... I didn't really care for it this much. I've seen it as well.
0: It's not good. It's just a bunch of generic jump scares. I agree.
1: I honestly, watching the original one last night, I was like, I prefer this way more. Like, I was expecting this to be like a cheesier version, but I prefer this way more to the remake. The problem I have with the remake, and it pains me to say this because I really did love Joko Anwar for a while. Um, I really like his, like, earlier horror stuff, like The Forbidden Door. But um, this one just felt like a generic, like, Hollywood Conjuring-style movie to me. But you know what? People loved it, so he's on the right path. Well, that's the thing. Like, I, I missed it. I know it had played festivals, and I missed it when it was first coming out, and I really wanted to see it. But everybody was raving about it, like, this is the scariest movie in years. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'm ready for this. I'm ready. And then it came on Shudder, and I watched it. And I'm like... I don't know. This just kind of feels like another Conjuring sequel or something to me. I don't know.
0: This is like the perfect shutter movie. In the sense that like like it could blow your mind cuz you're not expecting anything. Yeah. And, like, on the streaming site, if you just want, like, scares, this is the perfect thing for you. As well as the other movie, Terrified, which I've also seen. And I thought the same thing. It's, like, a bunch of jump scares. Yeah. Kind of disconnected. No characters you really care about or anything like that. Yeah, no,
1: I agree. I watched Terrified, too, when it came on Shutter because I remember there was, like, a screening of it, I think, in Toronto and every that I missed. And everybody was, again, this is the scariest movie ever. All right. And, again, it just, like, it's it feels like, these movies, these, like, foreign horror movies that just feel like Hollywood horror movies, like, get, like, more of a pass for some reason. But, like, they're just like a Hollywood horror movie that just doesn't really do it for me. And, and yeah, I mean, Shudder really bigs. is Like, I think Satan Slaves is, like, the biggest thing Shudder's had because they promote it like crazy, like, all over their site. And Joko Anwar, actually his most recent film, too, Empedigore, is also on there now. And that one was even worse. I hated Empedagore. Yeah, Empedagor is terrible. Like Satan Slaves, I just kind of felt mad about. Empedagor is terrible. So I'm sure we'll get to talk about that at some point. But like, yeah, I don't know what it is with these like Shutter acquisitions where they're like, oh, we got this big like foreign horror movie that's like going to blow people away. And, and then – i don't know it's just like any generic hollywood movie to me it's
0: like people like the conjuring films and i feel those have set down a template that like all these international productions are trying to fill Like, okay, we're going to fill this template and then people will like it because of that. And it's like, I guess, but give me some character. Give me some development. Give me something. Like, look at Poltergeist. If you want to rip off Poltergeist, which is what James Wan loves so much, there's so much character and humor in that movie. And, like, the the, the people are making decisions. The biggest problem I have with these movies is that, like... It's just innocent people being trapped in a situation that they can do nothing
1: about. It's like, that's so boring. I agree. And it's it's funny because like the original Satan slave and the new Satan slave, just going back to that for a second, are virtually like the same story. Like watching it last night, I'm like, oh yeah. And yet the original one has just so much more flavor to it, and yeah, and it's really just about like how they do it. Whereas the new one. I was just bored halfway through it.
0: Oh, uh, we still have one Shutter title to go through. It's Zed.
1: Ding, 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 yeah. ding, ding. You're not allowed to
0: call your movie something that has. <laughs> this is not the Costa
1: Gravis film. And no, no it's not a zombie <laughs> movie somehow. Imagine the Costa Gavras film was on Shudder.
0: Shudder. Uh, this is about a family find themselves terrorized by their eight year old son, imaginary friend.
1: Yeah. So I guess
0: it's kind of like uh, remember that uh, I really like that Mike Flanagan movie. Uh, what was it called? Remember, it was like delayed forever
1: uh, before, before I, wake. I wake.
0: Yeah. And that was one that like people didn't like because it's not a horror movie.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I felt kind of whatever about that. But Z, I think, uh, is Canadian too, right? Or Z is Canadian. I think it's from the guy who's made... oh so it's Canadian. Zed, Z, Zed. Zed. <laughs> Wait, what is a Canadian way to say it? Is it Zed? I don't know. It it Z or Z. What do we say here? I don't know. What do people say that we say here? Zed or Z? I don't know. I don't know. I usually go Z, I guess, but I don't know. It's from uh, the guy who made Stillborn a couple years ago, which I know people like. I looked at his filmography and I went, oh man, I should make more movies. Look at these people
0: are just yeah, making movies. Where do they get money to make these movies? <laughs> you could get a movie on Shutter. Come on, right? Uh, not after this episode. I love a lot of stuff that you do, Shudder. Uh, you know, I understand that you have to fill that kind of hole for uh, certain people. Because didn't they put out um, – what is that movie that I really like? The one where it's like the guy th- is crazy? Oh, they look like people. That was like a Shudder one, wasn't it?
1: No, that's Netflix. Oh, okay. Whoops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, at least I saw that on Netflix. I don't think it's on Shudder, but yeah. I don't think I've actually seen anything good on Shudder. Not to say there aren't good things on Shudder. I just haven't personally seen anything good uh, on Technically – tigers are not afraid was a shutter original yes you're right you know what i still haven't seen that yet so i, I just haven't seen <laughs> i still haven't seen I, the good i one. know exactly oh, what I, you're gonna say where you're gonna see it you're gonna
0: go yeah it's kind of like a Guillermo del toro film I know. <laughs>
1: well that's what's kind of holding me back because i don't really like Guillermo del toro movies.
0: Just stay away from it um so we also have baba
1: yaga terror of the dark forest a russian horror film released by shout yeah so this is from the guy who – I can't remember his name. But it's the guy who made Mermaid Lake of the Dead a little while ago. And he also made Queen of Spades, The Dark Rite, which which I saw a few years back. And it's just – again, let's talking about horror movie foreign horror movies that just feel like Hollywood movies. That's what this guy feels like too. So I don't mm-hmm. know. Russian what, movies.
0: Okay, so what do you think would be different? Like, what are you looking for? I mean, I, I can answer this question
1: afterwards, but I'm going to put you in the hot seat first. I just would like some more, like I said before, like some flavor to these movies. I just feel like they're, they're tro- or some at least some cultural differences, which I don't necessarily get. I mean, I get like the Joko Anwar stuff, like Satan Slaves does have more, I guess, cultural differences because they do bring in sort of the Islamic thing to that as well. But something like this one, at least for the guy's film I saw, Queen of Spades, again, it was just like a Hollywood horror movie but set in Russia. There's just like – it's like they're trying to like confuse people and try and get – they're just trying to get American audiences to watch this. And I think a lot of these discs come dubbed too. So they're just like hoping that – and even on Shudder, they have like a dubbed version of Satan's Slave. So I think they're just kind of like hoping American audiences will like warm to these movies that are just like American movies but like – like in a different country. This I is guess. the
0: thing that like I don't understand is that I hear that like distributors still want movies in English. They're like, we want them in English. People won't read subtitles. But isn't like a whole generation that's come up with the internet at this point? They're used to subtitles. They watch their animes. So much stuff on Netflix has subtitles as well. Like, isn't this just like regular now? I mean, I don't speak for. I guess, you know, regular Canadians who only watch a movie like once every two weeks. So maybe they do need it in English. But I mean, if that's what it is all the time, you eventually just accept it.
1: It's just, yeah, I guess there are just so many people, I don't know, me and you, you and I are just not the people to ask about this because I guess just regular people that watch a movie or two a week just want to watch something that feels familiar to them. And, and that's cool. And I mean, and I don't even think that like, Look, obviously, there's going to be, like, home audiences for these – there's going to be audiences in these countries for these films that, you know, there's lots of generic movies that come out in, like, France every year that we never hear about that are just, like, Adam Sandler comedies but, like, in France or something, you know? And I get that. But, like, there's this big push about, like, this is, like, an international horror sensation. Like, this is, like, a huge cross-cultural smash and you watch it and it's like – this just feels like any other horror movie to me. I don't know. <laughs> yeah,
0: and that's why it works, Mark. Don't you I guess understand? That's why it, I
1: guess that's why it's yeah, and I guess that's why I've just answered my own question. I guess that's why it's such an international smash is because it just feels like any other you horror. You know movie.
0: which one I really liked, and I guess it doesn't have a release date, even though it's still in that Blumhouse mold and it plays by those rules. Was oh, why can't I remember the name? It played at Midnight Madness. It's the one about like the uh guy that kind of left the
1: jewish faith who has to watch over a body for a night right uh what is that called uh, i'm blanking on it yeah i didn't see it but i remember it played. and like people yeah. who have
0: seen it it's really funny because they're like oh it's such a blumhouse movie and it's like well, it wasn't a blumhouse movie <laughs> obviously the person who made it was like aiming for that but what i think he succeeds in that is that it is about character and it is about like getting over like you know, dealing with your own personal issues. And it's a very within its own cultural context because it's like a Jewish demon that is preying on these people and stuff like that. So you can still do it and it can still kind of like, you know, have those Blumhouse or, you know, uh, Conjuring style set pieces. It just got to push it a little bit off to the side. That's the thing. I just
1: want more of like, I guess I crave more perspective these days from films than I, you know, ever before. So when I see something that just doesn't seem to have any really distinct perspective or like vision like that, then it's kind of whatever to me. It was called The Vigil. That's what it was called. Oh, right. The Vigil.
0: Yeah. I literally searched Jewish horror film Blumhouse. First thing that came up.
1: <laughs> I wonder where that's coming out. It
0: opened in the UK. It opened in theaters in the UK. Yeah. So moving on, we have Director's Cut, a 2016 film directed by my man, Adam Rifkin, starring and written by Penn Gillette.
1: I don't know much about I honestly didn't know this movie even really existed. I know Adam Rifkin makes tons of movies, so I'm not surprised. So it
0: has a fun premise. And what it is, is that like it's a guy like an eccentric guy is doing director's commentary of his director's cut of a film that he kickstarted. And so, like, and then as the movie plays, it goes from being a director's commentary to him, like, re-editing the movie and him, like, inserting himself. And then it turns into, like, oh, he actually kidnapped the star of the film and she's in his basement. Unfortunately, it just kind of plays like a slicker version of those, like, Red Letter Media videos, like the Star Wars ones that came out, which kind of have very similar gimmicks, which is like, oh, it's kind of funny and silly, but there's really a dark center in the middle of it. It's a nice effort like because they shot a whole like slick, like CSI style movie in an attempt to like just do director's commentary over it. There's a really great episode of the British TV show. I think it's called Number Nine. There's like a Christmas special they did. And like the gimmick is you're watching what looks like a BBC like live shot special and you don't know why there's director's commentary on it and then you you realize why at the end so good and it's so much better than this feature likes version which is like it's tough for me to recommend this one even though I do own it because I'm a Rifkin head and I will get everything that they put out when Chuck factory gonna jump on that um, the chase shout selects edition <laughs> um,
1: well they the chase got put out did it not or no I'm thinking of something else uh, I thought Kino put it out but that was that other Charlie Sheen movie no <sighs> that other car movie from like the 80s with Charlie Sheen that i'm blanking on now never
0: on a tuesday another adam rifkin joint
1: (laughs) yeah right no i I feel like somebody's got to mine the adam rifkin catalog eventually
0: yeah invisible maniac these feel like very uh vinegar syndrome style titles totally
1: totally Uh, wait
0: what am i saying vinegar syndrome did psycho cop returns the adam rifkin film yeah so i wonder why they didn't go back into that well and do like invisible maniac as well So we also have A Ship of Human Skin, uh, a gothic tale of mysticism and violent crime. Two women go out in, on the fringe of rural culture to seek a revelation
1: did you watch this one mark i, I did i did watch this one
0: did this one come out like weeks ago because i remember you recommending this for a blind buy yeah
1: no we got the thing is we got one format in and then we were waiting on the other one so i'm just like ah, i'm gonna watch this at some point so i'll just wait until like the blu-ray comes in because we had like had what the was DVD the selling point on
0: and... this one what is the one that made you go gotta watch so this you
1: know what i just took a chance on this because like you look this up and it's like nobody's seen this like there's like barely any reviews it hasn't really played anywhere but i just like i was taken by the cover the the, you know just like the diy nature of it and just like the plot of it sounded interesting um so basically the it's directed by a guy named richard bailey who's a filmmaker from dallas who it's hard to find a lot of information about him but it seems like he's more kind of like an experimental like video art type guy it seems like his films have played at more like art gallery type festival things um and he seems to have mostly done short so i think this is his first feature um, so this movie's super experimental it's definitely like like you can kind of tell it's like a video art project like expanded to a feature kind of a slog to sit through though <laughs> i'm not gonna lie it's, it's a movie that i want to like recommend and enjoy more than i do but honestly i don't really know who's gonna get much out of this the problem is it's like kind of it's it is kind of like halfway it's you know what it's kind of like a good counterpoint to limbo which we've been talking about because it is about two women who are kind of in this sort of like purgatory and a lot of it takes place in this house where they're like in this house with this drug dealer guy and they're just like they just spend a lot of the movie yelling at each other, honestly. And then there's these like Terence Malick esque sequences where they're like out in the, out in the fields. And like, there's this narration and stuff. And it's just the whole thing just kind of feels really lame. You know, it's like, it's not really, you just like the acting is really bad. And it's not really that a lot of what it's doing stylistically. You've kind of seen before. Like it seems like he's, kind of ripping things off from people and I don't know it just didn't really it didn't really work for me but I just I like the idea of like Gravitas Ventures who put this out putting like I mean, I guess we've talked about them. They're sort of just like a – Yeah, they're an aggregator. So it's not like they're really like curating their movies that they put out. But I do like that a film like this can find some sort of distribution where like you would would never – because this is clearly like a homemade type film that just like a filmmaker in Dallas has made with some of his friends, you know? And I like the idea that it's kind of out there for anybody in the world to be able to see if they want to pick up a DVD. And I'm sure it streams, too, because I think they stream it. Even raises. though
0: it's not good, says Mark Hansen.
1: But you know what? It's not even that like, sure, I can say it's not good, but it's not a movie that's like bad that I'd be like, like some Hollywood movie that's bad. Like it's a movie that just didn't work for me, but I can see it maybe working for people if you get on its wavelength. It just didn't. I couldn't get on its wavelength like I did with something like Limbo. Let's I'm say. feeling Gravitas Ventures is one of those companies that you pay them to put your stuff out. I think that might be what it is, right? So maybe this guy just like, you know, he's made some short films, they played art galleries, He made this feature, can't really get it anywhere, you know, in terms of festivals. Contact Gravitas Ventures and they're like, hey, I've got this feature length movie looking for some distribution. Can you help me out? Hey, did we talk
0: about Gold Ninja video titles being on the shelves of Bay Street Video? We
1: did not. Yeah, let's cap off the episode with that. So we are now carrying Gold Ninja videos. (laughs) Um, So we've got... The whole collection, except for Dragon Lives Again, which is obviously way out of print at this point. Um, oh,
0: I don't think you have any Wolf Devil uh, no, directors anymore, No, we had a either. few
1: Wolf Devil directors, but they sold real fast. We can't get any more of those. But we've got everything else. we got the new release of Ninja Vortex. The Godfrey Ho collection is on our shelves now. And these – I mean you've talked about these because they're your own line. But from my perspective – and this isn't just because I know you. These are beautiful releases that any collector would be glad to have on their shelves loaded with special features. They're all like cult movies that are in the public domain that have never gotten any kind of like good release or anything. So these are like – these are just like beautiful things to have for um, collectors. And they're all limited editions and they all come numbered. So I know you collectors out there love your numbered copies. So – get up get them while they're hot yeah
0: they come with original cover art uh there's booklets in each release Uh, every time i make a new one i'm like oh man why did i why did i decide to put like booklets in all of these and it's because i love opening a blu-ray and there being a booklet inside that's why i do it
1: it's the personal touch you know like i feel like so many releases you know can just feel so impersonal a lot of the time whereas this you're getting movies from like you're getting releases of these movies from like a fi- like you're a big fan of these movies, obviously, and you show and you you can feel that love in these collections and
0: I'll say to uh, loyal Bay Street video listeners if you don't listen to my other podcasting Important Cinema Club where I said this before each release has a bonus film which is listed on the back, and each release has a secret film that you can find by playing through the menu and when I say film, I mean feature film yeah. yes a whole feature film is hidden on those discs and
1: For example, Ninja Vortex, I did say disc. So it was a hidden feature film on each of those discs. Oh, hell yeah. And if you want a personal recommendation from from myself, I would highly recommend you buy the Local Legends disc, which we have on our shelf, which is uh, from Matt Farley, who is a legend at this point. If you don't know who Matt Farley is, look him up. Look up Moturn Media. He is amazing. And this is his like signature film. And if you want a good entry point to Matt Farley, if you want to know kind of where to start with Matt Farley, this is like the disc to buy because you have a special feature on there where it's like, where do you start with Matt Farley? So I should say
0: that like I did start the label to do like public domain stuff been released a million times and then I can swoop in and do a bunch of special features. But I also wanted to do it as an entryway for me to approach filmmakers and go, hey, I do this. Will you give me your film so I can, you know, do this for your film? And I've been able to do it for uh, Local Legends. The whole disc is done in conjunction with Matt Farley, recorded new commentaries. He gave me a movie that has never been released anywhere that's a secret feature on that disc um it doesn't say it on the pack actually i did write and a secret film because i didn't want people to go looking for it on that one so and uh, i did flesh freaks which uh, was a local filmmaker Connell pendergast he made a zombie movie when he was like 17 in high school and it got released in the late 90s shot on mini dv and so i got together with him he um the movies on there the other feature film we did commentaries like just so much stuff and mango shake as well which is a film that was made a couple of years ago never got released anywhere it's a montreal film it's a very weird coming of age film from a very uh, particular perspective from its writer director terry Chu, and it's a great movie and you can't get it anywhere else other than that blu-ray which is that bay street video Yeah,
1: both of those ones are excellent pickups too they're both a lot of fun and i hope you keep doing um releases like this with um Like filmmakers – like new filmmakers in their films because like we were talking about with like Gravitas Ventures and like just outlets for filmmakers who can't necessarily get their films seen at like bigger outlets – like you're putting together like criterion-esque packages for these filmmakers on sometimes they're like first movies.
0: And I should say that uh, while these are public domain titles, they are not remastered in any way. Uh, I try to hunt for the best public domain copy. We did a Roger Corman one and I found a public domain copy that had the best picture, didn't have very good sound. So I had to like hunt another version that had better sound. And I actually like, uh, put them together to get the best public domain version of Little Shop of Horrors, but they're very cheap and
1: that's why they're cheap. <laughs> so No, I get it. And I, you know, it's nice that you do that, but it's also nice. Like, I, I love that you go out of your way to obviously find like the best quality version you can of these films because you know, back in the day when you would just buy these filled public domain DVDs out of bargain bins, like you had no idea what the quality of these movies were gonna be. Sometimes they were like unwatchable. And it's nice to like actually have somebody like yourself do the legwork and try and find the best quality version you can so that at least people can be assured like all right maybe this isn't coming from like the camera negative or something but at least this person's gone like the extra mile and tried to find like at least the most decent copy you can this uh movie.
0: my recommendation is the three stooges said i did because it's our lowest selling title yeah.
1: <laughs> public domainia
0: yeah uh, three stooges in public domainia i I think what's great about it is we included all the miscellaneous Three Stooges stuff. Like, I think there's 80 minutes of it. It's just, like, it's brutal if you want to try to survive throughout all of it.
1: Uh, But yeah, it's a lot of fun. We sell so many Three Stooges discs here. Like, you know, like the legitimate, I guess, if you want to call them Three Stooges discs. Like, where are these Three Stooges fans picking up this release? Come on, people. Oh, and
0: that one includes the phil carlson who's like famous as a noir director he made a three stooges feature film uh like after curly had his stroke so he is very sluggish Um, i don't remember exactly (laughs) its title and i included as the secret films on that one three stooges ripoff movies with like shemp and like two other guys so You have to go exploring on that disc for that. $12.95, it's nothing. You
1: you should pick it up. Yeah, it's a gold mine. I know the Three Stooges fans come to Bay Street Video. Do not sleep on this release.
0: (laughs) Just know that when you look at it and you go, "Eh, maybe I'll pick it up later. You can't. It'll probably be gone by then. Well, that's the thing.
1: You never know. know, We sold out a Wolf Devil director right away, and then people were like, oh, are you going to get more? I'm like, sorry. That's it. You should have picked it up. (laughs) All right. So you never know when they're going to be gone. So
0: uh, that's it for Bay Street Video. So until next week, my name is Justin the Clue. And I'm Mark. Keep on buying.
1: Keep on renting. Cold Ninja Video. These movies and many more are available at your local video store.